guys what is going on i'm lisa and i'm eric and welcome back to the music matters media podcast eric i'm gonna get really emotional this episode because this is our last episode of 2018 we are closing out the year on our 42nd episode the fact that we have 40 plus episodes at this point still blows my mind i know i you know i didn't I didn't think we'd get here this fast, man. So for today, what we're doing for our last episode of 2018, we left it up to you guys. That's right. We asked you to ask us questions, and we are here to answer them. So we gathered up all your questions from social media. We reached out to you guys on Facebook. We reached out to you guys on Instagram, on Twitter. And now we are going to go through some of the best questions that we received and answer them for you guys and just really have fun with it. So, Eric, before we can get into that, as always, we have our top three countries, our international top three of this week. Are you ready to dive into them? Ready as always. All right, let's jump right in. Coming in at number three, we have Brazil. Nice, Brazil. Nice. Nice to see them again. Coming in at number two, love these guys, cannot say that enough, the United Kingdom, love you guys to death, thank you for always coming out in our top three, and same goes for Brazil, really, because you guys are both, every week, you guys just keep coming, you guys just keep coming back, and uh, really can't thank the both of you, those two countries enough, because they are constantly in our top three. And Eric, just to take you by surprise, we have a newcomer in our top three that has never before reached our top three and not only came in in our top three this week, but managed to come all the way to number one. Eric, do you have any idea? I mean, the possibilities are endless, really. I know, but listen, regardless of who it is, you've got my attention, so I'm excited. Coming in at number one, we have Venezuela. Wow, Venezuela. That's that's so freaking cool. Surprise, surprise. Thank you guys so much. Our top three, Brazil, United Kingdom, and Venezuela. Wow, truly magnificent. What a way to end 2018 with a complete newcomer reaching all the way to that top spot. I mean, that is... Something else, isn't it? I mean, listen, making your debut in the top three and being a number one, I mean, that's that's a double achievement right there. 
Exactly. And for everybody else out there who managed to listen, have no fear because we will be coming back in 2019 and we hope that you will be coming back with us. So with that being said, if you want to make our top three next week, all you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have, and we could be shouting you out next. All right, Eric, here we go. We're going to get into some listener questions today. Are you ready? Ready. Well, at this point, Eric, you know how I am. I always like to get rid of the negative and get the quote-unquote bad out of the way first and then just focus on all the good that this year has brought. So with that being said, let's start off with this question and then we'll move into other questions. This question says, did you have any personal disappointments from an artist or album that dropped this year? Yeah, one in particular. One in particular. Let's hear it. And I think you, uh, you'll agree with me on this one. It was Mania, Fall Out Boy. Yes. And ironically enough, that was our debut episode is what yeah, we, yeah. that's what we reviewed for our first episode on this podcast. But I would have to definitely agree with you on that. Now, mind you, disappointing doesn't mean bad. Yes, not at all. You know, because a lot of people are going to get that confused saying like, this was the worst album of 2018. Definitely not saying that, but it, was it disappointing overall? I think it didn't digest as well as both of us would have hoped that it would. I know that initially it's not that we were disappointed with it. It was definitely a grab bag of different stuff being thrown at the wall to seeing what sticks. And, and there were good songs off of that album and, and we were all about it when it came out. The creativity and, and trying to really get in the minds of fallout boy and and what the direction they were going in and what they were trying to achieve with this album however over time i would say the replay factor for this is very very low i actually have not returned to this album since the first quarter of this year yeah and you know what if if i'm being honest i'm right there with you i haven't returned much to it and the times i have haven't been that many i will say though off the top of my head i do remember there were a few standout tracks for me personally, Stay Frosty, Royal Milk Tea, that was a really great song. Uh, Church, that was my personal favorite off of that album. What songs do you remember you liking off of that album? Literally those three that you mentioned just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you, Eric. I definitely hear you. What do you think was the overall reason you were so disappointed with this album compared to their previous albums? That's a very good question because when I found out that they had delayed the recording process of this album, I thought, oh, you know, maybe something good will come out of this. You know, maybe this time they'll incorporate more of a rock sound along with that new sound that they have. Maybe they might hint at their old rock sound. And that was kind of a small glimmer of hope that I had. I didn't think they were going to go back to the rock sound that they had before, not completely. But, you know, as a, as a Fall Out Boy fan... You know, I had a little bit of hope that they would at least throw bits and pieces of it somewhere. But then when I heard the entire album and I saw that it was completely devoid of any of that, I was, you know, by that point, I was just like, okay, you know, they're not going to go back to that for a while. 
I may as well just accept this new identity that they have. And we were also discussing the EP that they released back in August as well before we came on air. And it was the same thing. There really wasn't anything memorable off that either. And it was kind of in the same vein as Mania. It's just a bunch of random ideas and thoughts on each track and nothing really flows. And they're just trying to see what sticks with people and what catches on. But in turn, they're losing their identity more and more so by doing that. Yeah, and the one song that did manage to incorporate guitars and drums in that EP, you know, yeah, okay, it did that. But the overall sound was just so strange. Listen, Eric, I know we're never going to get a Take This to Your Grave or From Under the Cork Tree or even a Infinity on High album ever again. And I know that that's not the direction they plan on going in in the future. They have already expressed that numerous amounts of times. However, in my opinion, I think an album that they really excelled cross the cross between their old stuff and the new stuff was Save Rock and Roll. I think if they can go back to a similar sound that they had on that album, I think they'll be able to achieve a nice balance between the two fan bases, both the old and the new. I totally agree. I mean, that's that's what I was hoping for, for the new Mania album. It didn't happen this time around, but you know what? I'm hoping that it'll happen down the line in the future. All right, moving on, we have our next question. What do you think of the seven-song album trend? For example, Kanye and Kid Cudi's Kid See Ghosts, Pusha T's Daytona, and Tiana Taylor's new album. So, seven songs. I think it's a pretty good. It's a fair amount of songs. It's a sweet spot, I guess. Not too long, not too short. Of course, it would have to depend on the length of the songs. But if we assume that it's a standard length for each song, then I'd say seven is a pretty good amount. So I'm on the fence with this, okay? From both sides, I'm going to explain. On one side, it's like, what is the quality of the music that is making it on this album? Because it's only seven songs. So if you're going to give me seven songs and then you're going to give me, you know, three or four filler tracks or interludes and all that other stuff, then I'm going to have an issue with it. Uh, Speaking in a fan perspective, because you also have to take into account that unless you're dropping albums frequently every two to three years, some people have to wait long, you know, a long amount of time in between albums. So with that being said, if you're waiting a long time in between albums, you're only getting a seven track album. It better be the best seven tracks that you've heard in the past, you know, X amount of years. Um, But on the opposite side, in an artist perspective, I think that it's a very positive thing, and I get why it's so trendy to do, is to make shorter albums because, number one, sales, okay? Because if you have a shorter album, you have a more likely chance of these songs being streamed more because people can concentrate on the seven at hand versus a 23-tracked album. Like, let's just say the Carter Five. The reason why the Carter Five did so well, despite being so long, is because it was such a long-awaited album, and it was a big return for Wayne, and that's why it did so well with sales and breaking records and stuff like that. But for a regular artist to be dropping, you know, a 23-track album, 
that wouldn't necessarily be the smartest move to make because not everybody's going to care enough to listen to the entire thing or people are just going to pick their favorites and go back to those and then the other tracks get neglected. But with a seven-track album, it's an easy listen, once again, depending on on how long it is. But for the most part, it's an easy listen and it's more accessible to... A casual listener than you know the only person that's going to really sit there and sit through a long album is a diehard fan you know so I think in a sales perspective it's a very smart move to make for artists to make shorter albums because it's for short attention spans because the world that we live in today people are just you know you listen to something and then you go to the next thing and the next thing but at the same time it really depends overall on the quality of the music. So I would say you could release more than a seven-track song album and still do extremely well. Once again, uh, I mentioned Wayne, but there's plenty of other artists, even without the title of being, oh, that mainstream person, it all comes down to the quality of the music. And I cannot stress that enough because that's really what's going to make or break an album. And I think what you said about, you know, if you're an artist and you have in mind that you're only going to do seven songs, I think what you said about putting their best material is definitely good advice. Because, you know, if you were to tell someone, all right, you only have, out of all the songs you recorded, you only have seven to put on this album. So make sure that it's the best of what you've got. I think that that would definitely inspire someone to put out their best material. And that would definitely be some advice for artists to follow, but you are totally right. If they do put out seven songs and not all of them turn out to be great, and then there is that two to three year wait, you know, that that definitely can be a problem. And that's why I'm kind of on the fence with these seven song albums or these short albums, because it's, it's all subjective, because an artist might put out a seven track album and think that these are the best songs that he or she has ever made. And then you and I might listen to it and just not vibe with it at all. Or we might love it or I might love it and you might hate it or vice versa, you know? So it's really a subjective thing. So I guess the best advice I can give is if you're going to make your album short, make it count, you know, and, and especially if you're an underground up and coming artist, make sure that you give it a couple of listens through, not just with you and your people, but let people listen to it before you release it and get some outside opinion before you just go and release it. That would be my personal uh, piece of advice because if you're going to release a short album, it has to be the best quality of music. Unless you're going to be consistent with it and you continue to release singles throughout time, um, you know, consistently then when you release albums like this, it needs to withstand time because they're not going to get another album usually between two to three years from that. So make sure that when you leave something with the listener that you leave them wanting more. Definitely. Make sure it tides them over for a while until you have more to offer. All right. And with that being said, let's get into our next question we have here. This is a good one. It says... In concerts and music festivals, some bands get discovered and become more mainstream. Their songs can be overplayed on the radio. Should bands keep that low profile or not? I like this question a lot. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's no straight answer to this one, in my opinion. Um, What I think is that, you know, depending on who you are and what you want to achieve in life, 
you know, gaining that mainstream attention, if you want it, is definitely beneficial because it puts your work out there. It it blows you up. However, there are some bands that aren't necessarily looking to be the next big thing. They want to keep a low profile and still be able to release music the way they please without it, you know, getting too much attention. So, you know, I, I think this is all dependent on what kind of musician you want to be and what kind of level of attention you want to get. So let's do the hypothetical here. Let's say there is an up-and-coming band playing at a music festival. They get discovered by somebody, and then all of a sudden they have this record deal, and they're being played on the radio frequently, and they blow up, and they become this mainstream success. Let's just use that as the default for this question, right? Um, In my opinion, I think that they have earned that success. You know, clearly they have the talent. Clearly they have what it takes to stand out and to be noticed and to be heard and to be loved. However, I will say, and once again, this is just my personal opinion. If this were to happen to me or to somebody that I knew, I would give the advice or say that do not forget about the people that helps you get to where you are. So anybody, any venues or anybody that helped you with marketing or any people that helped you load your van or give you gas money or, you know, just the little things, don't forget about where you came from and the people that helped you along the way. And that's a really big thing. So for example, I'll use a band like Sum 41, for example. They started out on the Warped Tour scene They were doing, you know, local gigs and shows, and then they ended up blowing up and becoming a mainstream success with All Killer No Filler, and they had singles like In Too Deep and Fat Lip that catapulted them into the spotlight. But where I'm going with this is they always made time to still go back to their roots Uh, especially the past two years in 2018 and in 2016, they went back on the Warp Tour. Uh, This past year, they did the Canada date for the last Warp Tour. And then in 2016, they did the full run. And it's just stuff like that that really shows your appreciation for your diehard fan base and for the community and for the culture of the music that you're producing that you really appreciate where you came from. And to me, that makes you stand out and shows who you are as people more so than musicians above anything else because it shows that you took the time to really acknowledge the fact that this is the scene and these are the people that helped you along the way. I totally agree with that because it's definitely important to give back to where you come from, basically. Now, in terms of making it into the spotlight, you know... I think that all the factors leading up to that, whether you make it into the spotlight or you're able to maintain a relatively low profile, that's not entirely in your control. However, if you do get into the spotlight, you know, it's what you do after getting there that matters just as much. Absolutely. I cannot stress that enough. And I think that, you know, long story short, is that you can have that mainstream success and you can be out there playing arena shows. But if you take the time, even if you just do one or two shows throughout the year that are at smaller clubs or something that's like VIP to your hardcore fan base, that is what's really going to separate you from everybody else out there. And I think that that is greatly appreciated and it shows your character and who you are as an artist and as people. 
Absolutely. It just makes you that much more distinctive. All right. So what's our next question? Okay. Coming up next, we got, this is a really good question too. These are all really good questions, to be honest. Try to narrow it down, but you guys asked a lot of really great things. So thank you for participating. Uh, This question says, artists selling their songs to be used in radio and or TV commercials, selling out or a smart business decision? Neil Young has never done this. Is he a genius or a fool? Discuss. This is a good one. It's a very good one. Solid question. So, Eric, what do you think? So, I can definitely see why it would definitely be considered selling out. You know, I I definitely have heard of a lot of bands that have done this, Black Keys being one of them. They definitely licensed a lot of their songs in order to gain more attention and more popularity, and, well, look how that worked out for them. But... In today's music industry, I definitely think it's the most lucrative way of having success. And I say this based on conversations I've had with a friend, since she is pretty immersed in the music industry. She knows a lot about it. And from what I can tell, it's definitely a more strategic move nowadays. It's not so much considered selling out anymore, or at least not as much. Yeah, I think the term selling out is really more so an old school type of mentality to look at things like this. I mean, if we were living a couple years ago, back in the 90s, 80s, 70s, etc., that would be considered selling out without a doubt. And uh, you would probably be mocked and be ridiculed for doing something like that. But I think living in today's age... It's the only way that, or not the only way, but one of the only ways that artists and bands can survive because people aren't going out and physically buying albums and merchandise and things anymore like they used to and everything is being streamed and everything, you know, when streaming services and everything came out along those lines, it really rocked the whole music industry in the sense of putting money in directly in the artist's pockets and uh, not in the, the best way possible. We'll put it that way. So I think that this is a really st- strategic way for artists to promote themselves, get their music out there, make money. And it shouldn't be looked at as, as selling out because I think it's really smart. And I think that it's one of the only ways that artists can survive at this point. Because with all, you know, just how much we have progressed, there's a lot of things that still need to be tweaked and worked on to get money in musicians' hands. Uh, Because you would be surprised if you were to do the math of the amount of streams it takes for artists to even be able to feed themselves. And you would be like, but I don't understand. This person got like X amount of streams and isn't that really great? And yes, it is. It's it's good that they're getting their music out there and people have easy access to it. But in terms of, you know, profit, it really is not doing much for them anymore. So they need to look to other ways to be filling that void. I totally agree. And I know that the person who asked this question might have just mentioned Neil Young as a joke. However, speaking to his point about him, you know, Neil Young, you got to remember that he comes from a different era of music. Exactly. So for him, it was way different. And, you know, nowadays, getting the same amount of success and attention he has, you know, you've got to find ways to adapt to the changing landscape of the music industry. So in that respect... You know, what worked for him might not work for someone 
who is an up and coming musician in this day and age. So you got to come up with different ways like this in order to put money in your pocket. I could not agree more. Well said, Eric. That was beautifully said. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Moving on to our next question we have here. This is a really good question, kind of a two-parter. Here we go. It says, what is your view on the value on all the different types of music of today? And do you think any styles of music are fading out or not being nearly as big as they once were? The second part of that question hits me so hard because it's a genre that's so near and dear to my heart. But let me go back and answer the first part of the question to not confuse anybody. So to the first part, I val- for me personally, I value all different types of music. I think that all genres of music has something to offer and has some type of aspect to bring to the table that unlike any other thing that can be done in, an, in a separate genre to that. So for example, I think elements of hip hop and elements of rock and elements of EDM, they're all completely different styles of music. However, they each have their own special qualities to what they bring to the table and why they're so important in today's culture. But with that being said, to the second part of this question, rock music, a huge, huge deal going on is that rock music is fading out. And uh, and I'm, I'm just talking about within the mainstream people, all right? I'm not talking about within the alternative rock community or, you know, the rock communities. I'm just saying in general on mainstream radio, rock is pretty much nowhere to be found. You get the occasional rock, uh, pop rock here and there, but really rock is, is fading out. What do you think about that, Eric? So before I go into that, let me respond to the first half of this question. I definitely think that the current musical landscape we have now, I think it's the best time to be a lover of music because there's so many different sounds, so many different combinations of different styles. This is going to sound a little bit bold, maybe, but to me there really is no bad music. It's really all about just your likes and dislikes, because I think that every single style is valid. Every single style has a fan base. So I look at it more just in terms of who likes it and who doesn't. That's true. I think it does come down to personal preference. But what a time to be alive because there is so much more of a selection now that, than ever before, really. I know, and that's why I think you and I stress the importance of getting out of the, your little bubble in terms of expanding on your musical tastes because there could be something that's been right in front of you the whole time and you didn't even know you liked it unless you gave it a chance. You know, and you'll never know unless you venture out there and see, well, what else do I like or what do... I have the probability of liking if I just give it a chance. And that goes with anything, guys. I mean, I know we're a music show and we are a music-based company, but I just want to throw that out there that if you use that mentality throughout life, you will have such a more colorful and experienced life that way just by going out, trying new things, experimenting with different foods and traveling and meeting all different types of people and learning about different types of cultures and everything it's just it's so crucial and important to get out of whatever bubble that you think that you're in with just your typical lifestyle and way of life not to say that you can't have your favorite things and go back to those things for comfort but it's good to explore because you never know something that is completely new to you this year 
can be becoming your new favorite thing next year. And I cannot stress that enough. You know the saying, Eric, the saying goes, every friend was once a stranger. <laughs> yes, very true. And let me tie what you just said to my answer to the second half of this question. So, you know, I'll use myself as an example. You know, back in high school, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still no expert on hip hop, but I'd like to think that I know a lot more about it now than I did back then. Back then, I didn't get it. I didn't listen to it. But once I matured and I grew up and I understood what the value of hip-hop is, what its roots were, what its significance is, both musically and culturally, I truly fell in love with it. Now, to tie that into the answer to the second half of this question, yeah, I also agree. Rock is definitely on the, on the decline, you know, speaking in terms of the mainstream. However, I do think that there is something to be said about the fact that it's no longer the most popular genre. You know, now hip-hop is the most popular genre. Yep, hip-hop is taking over. I even put something on our Instagram, which was a chart of the top spinning songs from genres in 2018, and the number one, the biggest category, was hip-hop and rap, followed by pop and Latin music. So that's what really dominated in 2018. Rock is almost nowhere to be found on this list. It's in comparison, rap was 39%, almost 40%. We'll just round up it off here. And rock was barely at 4% in comparison. You know, speaking about this point that rock is not as popular as it once was, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing either because I kind of feel like that for a for a music genre that dominated the airwaves for a long time. And, you know, the, the fact that now hip-hop is becoming the most, or is already the most popular form of music, you know, honestly, I think it's about time that the focus shifted to something else. I think it's good that, you know, we can share the wealth in terms of giving the spotlight to other forms of music and not just have it be rock and roll. I totally agree with that, Eric, and I will say to that point, I think that hip-hop might be dominating right now, and that's fantastic for those who are fans of hip-hop, but if you're not, it's not something I would lose sleep over because this is just the mass majority, but that doesn't mean that you can't go back and listen to the music and follow the artists that you want to follow. If you want your artists to be heard and succeed and do well, then it's your job as fans to, instead of complain about it and sit there and be like, I don't know why rock is failing, to really support and follow these artists and, and support them by buying their merchandise, buying their album, showing up to concerts, like doing everything that you possibly can to show your support. And I also think that it's one of those things, like you said, rock has dominated the airwaves for years upon years and now hip-hop is having its moment and it's time to shine and and it might last another couple years and it might not there might be something new right around the corner point being i don't think that it's good for any soul genre to dominate for all of eternity we'll put it that way you know what i mean i think it's very good and refreshing to keep everything in rotation so back then it was rock you know a couple years ago now it's hip-hop you know moving forward it could be edm it could be dance music it could be you know a vast majority of things but i think that's what's keeping everything so fresh and new and exciting is because we have so much to look forward to and you never know what could be coming around the corner 
Exactly. You know, just because the emphasis might be on hip hop right now, it doesn't mean that people have given up on rock or that they don't listen to it. It's still out there. The fan bases are still there. You know, this is just more just a reflection of what people are currently into now, the majority of what they're into now. But that doesn't mean that it's, you know, fading out of existence completely. It's all still out there. Exactly. It's ridiculous to say that because back when rock was dominating the charts, hip hop was still around, you know, and and it could be said vice versa for both situations. So I think the reason why people may be complaining about it now or it might be put into question now about why rock is fading out, why rock rock is quote unquote dying. I don't think it's dying. I just think that people are a little bit alarmed of the fact that hip hop has really taken over as of recent and uh, has been dominating for this long. But it's one of those things that, you know, just show love to the artists that you follow and you listen to branch out, listen to new things. You might, you know, you can listen to both genres. (laughs) exactly as long as you know that it's out there and that you listen to it and that you're not the only one there's really nothing to worry about in my opinion you know it's it's not a bad thing at all to have the emphasis be on something else you know and it's not something to you know really get mad at especially if you know that it's still out there and that you still believe in it as much as you do you know in my opinion and ideally if we lived in an ideal world you know everything would get the same amount of attention but you know, it's nothing to lose sleep over, like you said. That being said, what's our next question? Okay, our next question is, what makes a pop song good and what makes it bad in your opinion? Good question. Yes, very good question. So, you know, I just want to start out by saying I don't really look at it in terms of good or bad. You know, yeah, sometimes when I listen to something and I don't enjoy it, I'm tempted to say, oh, it's bad or, you know, this sounds bad. But I think we all are. That's, yeah, but then <laughs> that's human nature. Yeah, but then I remind myself, no, it's not bad. You just don't like it. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's not your cup of tea. You know, because what I consider to be bad or unenjoyable, someone may really enjoy that. So I don't really look at it in terms of that. But that being said, you know, I would say both music and lyrics, you know, really make a pop song stand out. You know, I. If I don't find something in the music, maybe the lyrics speak to me in some kind of way and vice versa. But that would just be my opinion. My answer is going to be neutral for for the fact that whether you think it's good or bad, I think this the reason why pop songs can be so successful and what makes a pop song quote unquote good, whether you like it or not, is the fact that it sticks in your head. It has to be something that has that lasting power, something that really is ingrained in your brain and you can't get it out of your head whether you like it or not. So that would be my uh, answer to that question because there's a lot of pop songs that I like that Eric doesn't like, a lot of songs that he likes that maybe I don't care for. What he said earlier is so true. It's about personal preference. You can't just flat out say that this is bad because you can think it's bad, but then somebody else can really love it or just enjoy it casually, so on and so forth. But I think this answer can go either way, whether you think it's good or bad. I think that what makes a pop song, quote unquote, good and has that lasting power is that it has to be catchy and it has to stay in your head. If you can't get it out of your head, whether you want it to be in there or not, I think you've won and I think you found the formula of what a good pop song is. 
<laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Cause come on, we both have had that that same thing happen to us. Like out of nowhere, we'll hear that little chorus creep into our heads, and we'll be like, "Wow, really? I remember that." Totally, totally. And that's why I also wanted to defend pop music real quick here because pop music gets a lot of slack in the music industry because people look at pop music and they frown upon it you know music elitist oh yeah that's just bubblegum pop or you know that's just your stereotypical song or whatever but I think that as to what you said with the lyrics and with the production and the instrumental behind it Pop songs are very underrated, you know, for songs that are quote unquote so overrated for being played so many times on the radio, that aspect I understand, but I think pop music in general is completely underrated, and I think that people don't realize the amount of effort that goes into finding that formula of connecting the dots of lyrics, production, instrumental, and stuff that's going to really stick around and stay in your head. Pop music, it's the full package yeah i totally agree and you know i can totally tell you that you know sometimes when we hear pop music on the radio especially current songs that are popular now <laughs> you know we, we we probably think to ourselves yeah you know what i don't take it too seriously but what's funny is that i'm sure we thought the very same thing about you know the songs that were popular when you and i were in high school we didn't think too much on them but now when we're older and we hear them come on the radio you know, what's the first thing we think of? Oh my God, I miss the early 2000s because yep. of that reason. You know? So true. It takes they... you back in time. It's like a time capsule. Exactly. Yeah, I cannot agree more. And I hate the whole like stigma against pop music that there, it has no substance because I don't think that's true. You know, I, th I don't think you can make a blanket statement for an entire work of music and just say something like that when really there some of the catchiest of songs if you really sit there and go back and you're like okay i'm just gonna read through this real quick i was dancing to it earlier and you read through you're like oh wow you know this is this is actually serious yeah you know i i feel like people definitely gloss over the effort it takes into writing a song you know it it's a lot of real work you know you don't just sit down and magically figure out the formula you know it, it takes a while to really write a song like that especially one that you know gets a lot of radio airplay so really you know i think that's the biggest dilemma with pop music that it's exactly like what you said uh, for as for as overplayed as they are for lack of a better term on the radio they're not taken as seriously because people are like oh this is just manufactured whatever but a lot of pretty hard work went into it i'm totally here to represent for pop music all day so I just got to throw that out there. I love pop music. I love all different types of music. It was one of my top uh, stream music for Spotify. Actually, Spotify gives you like the year end breakdowns of, you know, artists that you listen to and your most played songs, your most played album. And my top four genres of this year was pop, dance, electronic, hip hop and rock. So all across the board, something to love for uh, each one of those and ones that didn't make my list, but those were just my top for the year. And rounding out our questions for today, the final one that we're going to be answering says, who are your favorite new artists? Always looking to discover new music. So starting out my list, I would say Normani. Nice. Starting out mine, Paul Cherry. Then I would say a group called Litany. Mine would be Snail Mail. 
Mine would be another group called Arizona. Mine would be another one called Gingerlies. I would also have to recommend George Ezra. Mine would be Royal Blood. And you gotta check out The Knox. <laughs> nice. And my others would be, of course, Ella May. Yes. Great choices, Eric. Great choices, as always. And, of course, we had both of them on the podcast, on the show this year. Gotta give a shout-out. Be, be Light, Light and, and Queens County, County Roots. Roots. How could we forget? They were two great episodes that we had with them. I loved getting to chat with Jesse from Queens County Roots. He's the vocalist and he's also working on his new solo stuff. So I cannot wait to follow up with him in 2019. And also Be Light, such a talent, music producer and hip hop artist. There is a lot to expect from him next year as well in 2019. I cannot wait to follow up with the both of them. I wish them nothing but the best and all the success in the world extremely two talented musicians and Queens County Roots what a band we were so fortunate to be able to see them this year and they really know how to jam yes two very just awesome artists and the entire Queens County Roots band is fantastic you know I absolutely fell in love with the both of them I cannot talk about how amazing a year 2018 was without including the both of them such phenomenal work respectively and I can't wait to see what they do in 2019. And with that being said, Eric, I just want to go over some of our highlights of 2018. 2018 has been such a year for Music Matters Media. We have had 42 episodes on this podcast with 14 interviews. 14? Wow. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. That Wow, that feels so amazing, yet it's so mind-blowing at the same time. Well, really buckle in to get your mind completely blown because now I'm going to go over the stats of who streamed our podcast this year, where the streams were coming from, and how many from the top 10 places. So here we go. Are you ready for this, Eric? I don't think you are. I don't think you nah, are. Nah, probably not, but <laughs> let's, let's get on with it. So 2018 has been such an emotional year for me because hands down, because of you guys, it's been one of the best years of my life. I cannot stress that enough. I came up with the idea for Music Matters Media. It's something that I've been so passionate about and I finally was able to launch it this year after, you know, all this time of thinking about it, wishing it and planning it and really just wanting to get this thing off the ground and I'm so fortunate that this year was the year that it was done and it couldn't have been done without all of you. And my co-host sitting right across from me. So Eric, thank you so much for sticking throughout the entire year with me. We started this podcast back in February. And I launched the Music Matters Media Company and website this past September. So with that being said, I just wanted to give a breakdown of these numbers really quick. Eric, hold on to your seat because here we go. 100,000 listeners from the United States. Wow. Wow. That really is mind-blowing, man. A hundred thousand listeners from the United States in 2018. Wow. I mean, I, I know you said it twice now, and I still, you know, I'm having trouble processing that. 
And let me break this down because we always talk about our international countries for each week. Now, I never include the United States because it just wouldn't be fair. United States would come out on top every single time. But with that being said, I wanted to give some love to these international countries and shout out to a top 10 that I have written down here. So here we go. Coming in at number one internationally, the United Kingdom with over 13,000 streams. Then we have Brazil with over 11,000 streams. Then we have Mexico with 7,179 streams. We have Canada with 6,058 streams. We have Australia with 5,926 streams. We have the Philippines with 4,440 streams. Malaysia with 4,431 streams. Germany with 3,800 streams. Colombia with 3,608 streams. And rounding it out for our top 10, Italy with 3,515 streams. Wow, man. I, I can't believe that. That is just the coolest freaking thing ever. I mean, wow. Honestly, what a year. I really... This really exceeds all of my expectations, and I know it definitely exceeds all of yours. And Eric, I just wanted to put everything in perspective for you and for everybody listening out there. Overall, for 2018, this podcast and the website received 218,000 streams total. That is nearly half a million streams. Wow. I can't believe it, man. I can't believe it, but honestly, it feels crazy to sit here and to just try and process all of that. But, you know, all I can say, first of all, just for my part, is thanks for letting me be a part of this. You know, I never, ever dreamed I'd be part of something like this in my life. You know, I even if I, you know, made up a scenario in which something even remotely similar would happen, I don't think that it would have come out as amazing as this. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. And I think I speak for a lot of people listening to this podcast. You know, thank you for even coming up with it, you know, because it's definitely changed my life and I know it's changed other people's lives. So on behalf of all of us, a huge thank you. You know, this just really is amazing. Eric, first of all, thank you so much for saying that. That really means the world to me. Music Matters Media is something that is so near and dear to my heart, and I am so passionate about it, and to have launched it this year and to watch my dreams be coming true and becoming a reality is really something that brings tears to my eyes of all the hard work and effort that has gone behind the launch of the company Music Matters Media. And I am so beyond grateful for everybody that has gotten involved and has helped me out along the way and for all the guests that we've had on the show and for all of our listeners out there who take the time to listen to our podcast. They could be doing anything with their time and still they come back and they listen to us every week and they spread our podcast and they share it with their friends and with their family and for them to take that time to do that 
means the absolute world to me. And I just hope that everybody out there listening now knows that, that I am so eternally grateful for each and every one of you. I'm so grateful for you, Eric, to be my co-host and for you to sit here with me and chat every week about music. And I'm so grateful for the launch of the website and all the writers and photographers and people I have working behind that as well. So grateful for Natasha for helping me develop the website and create it to what it is today. So grateful for all the opportunities and all the people I've met along the way this year and all the networking and friends that I've uh, been able to keep in touch with throughout the entire year has been so insane, so cool. It has been such a great opportunity for me to just really get involved in the music industry and to be doing things that I have dreamed of doing for pretty much my entire life. And uh, it is so surreal to be on the front lines of creating my own music media company. And I cannot thank everybody who is involved enough and I cannot thank most of all all the listeners and all the people that take the time to go visit the website and look at the pictures and read the articles and come and listen to us I mean everything counts and you guys matter and uh, I cannot stress that enough without you guys it wouldn't be what it is today and to sit here and reflect on everything that's happened this past year All I really have to say above everything else is thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And listen, we all thank you for coming up with this, and we're all super proud of you. Absolutely. Don't ever doubt that. And, you know, again, thank you for having me as your co-host. I'm sure you could have found someone with a much better voice than me to do this. Eric, I love your voice, man. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, listen, I mean, thank you for having me here. Thank you to everyone for listening to us and you know if you haven't gotten sick of my voice yet i'll be glad to do this again next year this has been so freaking cool and guys not only does music matter but so do you so thank you so much for sticking around and listening to us in 2018 and visiting www.musicmanagemedia.com in 2018 we cannot thank you enough for all the love and support that you've shown us and we hope that you continue to stick around in 2019 so from us to you happy Happy new year and see you in 2019. 2019